1: audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13.
0: Is the NHL ready for a comeback? Are the Flyers ready for a comeback? Three big names go on the COVID list. Let's talk about it all right now.
1: This is the Orange and Backcheck podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt.
0: It is episode 98 of the Orange and Backcheck podcast. So glad you're here. Be sure you're subscribing to our podcast at your favorite, uh, however you listen, Spotify. You can now rate us on Spotify. Uh, Just like Apple podcast, five stars. Give us five stars on Spotify. Give us a review. Let us know you did it, uh, and we'll give you a shout-out. That'll be awesome. Uh, everywhere else, Stitcher, uh, tune in, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, at Orange and Backcheck. And a guy who's getting ready to be boosted, Scott Weinhardt. What's going on, brother?
1: I'm ready to be boosted tomorrow. So by the time anybody really listens to this, I will have been boosted. But you got boosted today, didn't you?
0: I did. I got my third Pfizer earlier this afternoon. Feel fine. Feel great. I mean, yeah. ate, ate a boatload of chickies and pete's crab fries right right for dinner tonight and didn't lose my taste or nice. smell so you know that and you know that crab fry seasoning can really clear the airwaves that like 100%. that's actually this that, that's actually the cure for the common cold you just buy a bucket of those and it clears up your sinuses right away
1: that or horseradish
0: yeah yeah horseradish my dad on my dad has done beef. that Oh, it's yeah, worse man. than the smelling salts.
1: Yeah, it, it yeah.
0: really is just like that's it's just one of those things. <laughs> uh, well, a bunch of guys, I mean, that honestly need to get And we're going to talk about a couple. This is going to this is our year in review show. It's the final episode of 2021. Uh, it feels like it's been 2021 for 17 years. Uh, I actually am now 34 years old. Um it's just one of those things where I acted like I just started this podcast at 17 and yeah, I was going to ask you about that, why. but I was going to let
1: that ride. <laughs> yeah, just let that doesn't remind, matter. Like,
0: uh, but it's our final. That, would, that <laughs> would
1: put me at 51 years old. <laughs> put me in my goddamn fifth. Thanks, Bill. Thanks You're welcome. Really, really, really trying to push out the gray hairs in my more.
0: 40s then. So but anyway, uh, it, it is the final episode of 2021. So we're going to talk about where the Flyers stand. Obviously, a lot of mediocrity, and that's probably the theme. Uh, we'll touch on some specific players and what they, how they've disappointed or really shown, uh, shined uh, th- throughout this early season. But let's start in the NHL as a whole. Uh, you and I were just talking about earlier, uh, and really the big theme this week was that we had no NHL. I mean, it, it, it's it's amazing that we went an entire week where it wasn't like a normal buy. Uh, where the Flyers were just off for the week, the entire NHL shut down. And rightfully so. I think you and I were both in agreement that this had to happen. Um, We're set to return to to tomorrow night starting in Tampa Bay between Montreal and and the Canadians. And it feels like there's more to be done. Like, I'm almost at the point where let's wait till, treat it almost like what the work schedule is. I know you and I are still working, but some people take that week of Christmas, the week between Christmas and New Year, and they don't come back until New Year uh, on like January 3rd or whatever it may be, depending on how it falls. I, I'm tending to the NHL needs to do this, but I think we're at the point where it's too little too late. And, they're not, and, and unless they decide what they've done in the past with Montreal saying no fans right before the Flyers game that afternoon. I think we're going full steam ahead, whether that's right or wrong. And eventually there might be just another pause. Like, I think that's the more likely scenario.
1: I think that that's the risk they're taking by doing it. Yeah. by kind of pushing it along like this. I, I, I don't think that this is what they're doing. Isn't I, I get, I see the positive about it, that They're trying to shut things down to, you know, make sure for the safety of everybody, but this isn't happening in other sports. And yes, the NHL is being precautious. There's nothing wrong with that. But trying to force games in when you're already postponing some here and there and you're screwing up the whole schedule anyway, it's a matter of time before you're going to play two or three games here. And next thing you know, it's going to be half the teams are going to have guys on the COVID list. And then they talked about what they did last week with the competitive balance that they want. Like, that's not something where you can really say it's fair for the Flyers to have so many players on the COVID-19 list where they need to. Now, all of a sudden, hey, we're bringing back the taxi squad, which they should have had all season, prepare for this. Yeah, and now it's in a situation where you're you lose your top goaltender, Nate Seeler's anchor in the fourth line, like you talked about. Ryan Ellis is out, who's already been injured, is now out on the COVID list. You lose Sean Couturier. It, it's getting it's Derek getting a Broussard. little out of control. Yeah, and that's another one that was added today. That's it, it's out of control. Like so, I mean, and we're
0: b- missing the biggest one, Carter Hart. I mean, yeah, exactly. As it, I said, your
1: starting it, goaltender. Oh yeah, sorry, Richard sorry. sorry. I, and you have Scott Lawton out too. Who got put on today. Uh, and then even uh, Kevin Hayes and, and Morgan Frost are on the list. So that team is out on the COVID list. and That's not you want to take a road trip to Seattle and play a game out there. That's where the league needs to kind of say, OK, is it really smart to take a team that has half its players on the COVID list and send them all the way out west where you're not having as many issues and play in another barn all the way across the country with all this stuff going on? Be smarter for them the post especially because the Flyers are going to be on a four game road swing here.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is their annual uh West Coast trip because we're in the holiday season, Christmas and New Year, and all that. And yeah, I, I, one, I agree with you. I think, I think the taxi squad issue came down to because the problem with the taxi squad is you're in limbo as yeah. a player, you're not on the Phantoms in the Flyers case, you're not on the Flyers, you're kind of just sitting there at home, you're practicing with the teams, but you're not getting the full game experience, which is a big problem for players that are trying to develop. It might've been well, Carter Hart was never on the taxi squad, but that felt like one of the reasons that none of these players like him that struggled last year uh, really got back into that groove. So I, I think it was, I was fine thinking on it. It made sense. They didn't have it right away because of the low infection rate, low disease rate. And it's just, it made sense to say, let's be the do that. Let's start out as normal as possible. All players are playing in the AHL or the NHL. We'll figure it out as we go along. And I think, I think what the NHL did have a benefit of, whether they wanted to admit it or not at the time, was if we approached the, the scenario of what we're in now, where we're having a high infection rate, we're talking about 70 total games that have been now postponed uh, because of COVID. You knew you had those two to potentially three weeks if you postpone the All Star game, which right now they haven't, but I'm going to venture to guess they're not. We're not going to have an all star game. At some point, yeah. We'll name an all All star squad, but we're not going to have the events and all that, which which we both know we're fine with. Um, So you kind of were in this unique situation as the NHL where you said, okay, this is not good, but we have three weeks here that we can pile on and add games as we bail out of the Olympics, as they have as they're about to bail out of the all-star game. And if you have to extend the season by a week or two, that's not detrimental to the 2022 2023 season um, compared to other leagues, like the NBA uh, baseball is obviously over. So it's a little bit different. I don't know how they would handle it at this point uh, coming into the spring training. They have their own multitude of issues because they're on a worker strike or a uh, lockout right now, but, um, but the NBA and the NFL are just—they're in the middle of their seasons, just like the uh, the NHL is. But they're a little bit farther along, especially the NFL. And there's no real way to wiggle themselves out of it, so they just kind of plow through. You saw with the Eagles, Washington football game, uh, football team—they rescheduled to a Tuesday. Whether it was right or wrong is obviously up for debate. But it happened because of what was going on. So. I think yesterday,
1: I'll say that. Yeah. And I, 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 affected Washington, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I, I think the NHL
0: is just kind of like taking advantage of what they set themselves up for. So yeah, if, if they were, if they already didn't plan on going to the Olympics, if they already planned on not having a, uh, all-star game, they probably would have plowed through just like this. And we would have seen Nate sealer anchoring that fourth line against the Rangers and um, it would, we would have hated ourselves.
1: And here's the problem now you're going to run to as well is that you've already you've already condensed the schedule. You're already running to the end of April for the regular season. Now you're potentially running the regular season into May. And I'm telling you, that's going to go into mid... Probably, if this continues, these game cancellations, it's going to go into mid to May, late May because you're not going to have... The NHL is not going to allow a situation where Vancouver, the playoffs are going on while regular season games are still happening. They yeah. cannot do and that, that And that, embar- that was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. The- you're yeah. right. And... Vancouver's are Vancouver and Calgary are already out, and they're playing the same night of playoff games. Nobody's watching it. Nobody's watching the regular season game. Now you have to have a point because at some point, a team might be close to being in it and be in the playoff race, and seeds yet to be determined. And yet they still have like four regular season games to play at the end. Of the day. That means teams are got to, to wait around for that to happen. And who knows what can happen then? Because guess what happens if you have a bunch of guys go down in COVID protocols around the playoffs or in the playoffs? What the hell's going to happen there?
0: Right. Like yeah. that's,
1: that's another concerning thing. I just, the league would have been better off to say, you know what? We're not going to the Olympics. We have two weeks there where we can make up games or shift the schedule around instead of floating those games in there and screwing up everything with arena schedules. Say, okay, after April 29th, we're going to start scheduling those games there. Let's take the next seven days off. Let's get everybody out of protocol as, as much as we can and move forward from there. I think, yes, they've been they've been out for a week now and they're going to resume tomorrow, but I don't think it's enough time. I I just I just don't think I still think that this Uh, thing is going to spread wildfire throughout the locker rooms.
0: Yeah, that's what that's what I was saying, like, just extend this through the new year, get back on January 4th, 5th, whatever you want to decide. The good thing is, like, I think what their theory and what they were doing was if the player goes on the COVID waiting list or excuse me, the pro COVID protocol list, like Kevin Hayes and Morgan Frost's that you talked about earlier. Uh, I read a report. I think was, I saw a report. I think it was six ABC said that they are, they are might be expected to be off the list tomorrow, possibly on Tuesday or Wednesday, right yeah. before the Seattle game.
1: Well, well I- Chuck Fletcher said that most have had moderate, a few have had moderate symptoms. Yeah. None were serious, mostly them were asymptomatic. Which is a great sign. And, yeah, and we talked Percy about,
0: and, Bill and, and that's what's like the, uh, the good sign about this is, yes, it, it these we talked about four players in the entire NHL were not vaccinated back in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who knows? What, I didn't see a recent report of if those four that were hesitant or whatever you want to call them did, did, in fact, get it at that time. So the fact that these players are vaccinated, yes, they're getting this version, which we can only assume is Omicron or some version of Delta, like, it just seems like this is, this is it in terms of the dominant strain at this point. And, and it's like, it's good. It's, this is what's going to flow through and think about it too. Like, it's not like the, uh, the flyers in, in early February or late February last year, uh, earlier this year, I should say, uh, that were, um, completely shut down and you saw the 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 impact of that. They completely fell off yeah. the axle. The wheels fell off the axle and you had no idea where to go. Left was right. Right was left. Down was up. And the Flyers were completely shot. Now, because of this pause, and I am I was hoping an extended pause, the Flyers and the rest of the NHL. And it's not just the, like Claude Drew said it perfectly today in his press conference after Chuck Fletcher. Like, yes, we're men down. We know what we're dealing with. But so is most of the, if not all of the other NHL teams. Like everybody's a man down in some capacity. Correct. So it's just kind of that thing where you let it hopefully run its course, and you don't have too many players out when it comes to game time. Now it sounds like it sounds like Carter Hart's going to be out at least through Wednesday uh, in Seattle, and then you hope that he's back for the Vancouver or is it Los? Whoever it is, I think it's Los Angeles after uh, Seattle, but it's just. You gotta let it run its course and hope that because you're taking advantage of these days off, it doesn't hurt you in the in 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 the actual regular season when it resumes.
1: You might not see Carter Hart to this entire road trip unless he tests it out. Like I mean, that that's that's things you have to think of. This is a ten day, the COVID protocol ten day quarantine from when they ever showed symptoms or whenever they tested positive from there. Right, and. I think this is what this is what's frustrating about it, is that it you you talk about last season and you talk about how disastrous it was. Well, the Islanders already went through that this year with their team getting infested with 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 COVID and already being way behind the eight ball and everything. And then all of a sudden the Angels like, oh, now we care about competitive balance. That's not fair to the Islanders.
0: I agree. And yeah. It's it, a great at point. some
1: point, it's going to happen to another NHL team, whether it's Vancouver, like it happened last season, or the Flyers, like it could happen last season. And what if it's one of those? teams that are you're really dependent on, you know, like a playoff draw. What happens in Vegas? Like okay, Vegas. Like a really good team like Tampa. Like we've seen the effects of what happens in Canada. It's it it, it just it becomes a problem where yes, at some point some team is really going to get hit this hard at this point and they're not going to be able to make up those games. They're not going to be able to make up. They're not going to have enough guys in the taxi squad. They're not going to be able to call up enough players. And it's to a point where you're going to have three quarters of your roster on the A from an AHL roster, and it's going to be completely non-competitive, and it's going to be a bad product, and and that's 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 my biggest concern of this because, out of the four major sports, it's most visible in hockey if you ask me, because like yeah, okay, football, yeah, yeah, and and, and, and the problem because football you have guys in the practice squad where it's here and there it's still outdoor basketball. Yes. Yeah. There's a couple guys here and there, but it's not as many players here. You got to field a roster of 20 players and two goaltenders. What happens if you have another situation where like they had in two weeks ago and in Nashville, where, you know, they needed an emergency backup because of COVID issues and you have that situation again, there's just not enough in that talent pool and not enough in the player pool for really to be a point where it's, even entertaining for the fans because at some point it's one team's going to have half a roster full of AHL players and the league is going to say okay we well, you know we can't do anything now there's that competitive balance you're talking about I just think the whole situation is just the NHL is not managed as well at all and I just don't think it's going to get any better because the whole kicker with this was that you know everybody thought and I think the NHL thought as well once you were vaccinated. Hey everybody's vaccinated. We're going to be fine. We're going to get through this season. They didn't foresee all of a sudden, wait. Vaccinated players are testing positive and there's protocol to file there as well. Well, I don't, players- was, I, I don't think it was
0: I don't think it was a a mindset of once you're vaccinated you're not getting the 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 disease. I think it was a mindset of we didn't expect it to spread this rapidly. That's exactly I'm, what I'm saying. That's yeah. exactly
1: what I'm saying. I okay. The, for instance, all the flyers are vaccinated. Yeah, you, know, right. you have so many on the COVID protocol list. And at the, t-
0: at the time before the pause in the outbreak, it was about 50% boosted as well. So Correct. It, was a, it was a high rate for sure. Right. I right. I see what you're saying.
1: And that's my point is that, you know, I don't think the NHL anticipated it getting to this point. Where it's like, oh, great. We never anticipated the vaccinated players to this high of a capacity right. having to deal with that and how much. And yes, well, every team has to deal with this. It's fine. At one point, it's going to hit some teams harder than others. The owners are a great example of it. It's going to start getting its way through the league. And unless... You know, hopefully, yes, it does run its course. But the best thing that could have done is take another week off, maybe even the week after that, and even just push the season out a little longer. Take yeah. everything you precaution you can because now you're not going to the Olympics. You know, Team USA has changed up their coaching staff as well, so the Olympics are going to be a little strange this year. But I mean, it's just it's 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 frustrating because I I can think I can say for a lot of people that they just want this thing to end. And we just want to move yeah, past it. That's really it's what it's tough. To. And, and yeah. really, you, you can't, you know, you have to, no matter what, you're vaccinated, unvaccinated, boosted. You still have to be precautious about it. You know, you still have to take because it, it is killing people at the end of the day. Like, let's be real. Like, the vaccine is it's not about not getting COVID. It's about not dying. And, you know, yes, it's frustrating because you want to get back to normal. As I said at the end of the last episode, I want to get back to normal and just watch hockey game and just enjoy it. But this is the world we live in now, and unfortunately, this is the I, I as much as I am criticizing the NHL for I think they're not doing things as you know the right way. You have to give them credit for at least they're trying to do the best they can given the. That's circumstances. what that's
0: what I was going to close this out on. Like it just seems like the NHL is making an effort. Like the other leagues are making an effort, but they're doing an effort in terms of we're so far in there's no return. Correct. And the NHL had the benefit. There's no. There's no Winter Olympics for football. There's no Winter Olympics for basketball. Like, the yep. NHL was in a unique position. The other thing that I want – like, the, the Flyers in particular and obviously and a few other teams, their schedule have back-to-backs this week. They're supposed to go – and I'm looking at the schedule – Seattle tomorrow night – or, excuse me, on Wednesday night. Then they go right to San Jose, California to, for a, yep. a, a, a swing up and down the eastern – or the, uh, the, the California yeah, coast. Three
1: games in four nights.
0: Yeah, and it's like, how is that doable? Like, how do you – one – in, it, it's an impossible situation because it's almost impossible to reschedule those games because of how far the travel is. It's way easier to reschedule a Rangers Flyers game and a Montreal Flyers game than a, a San Jose game or a, a a Seattle game because of the distance and the travel. You, It's tough for this scenario. And I think sadly, the these it's just going to be, suck it up buttercup and you're going to San Jose right after the Seattle game and you're yeah. playing on Wednesday and Thursday.
1: Yeah. I mean, you have an opportunity where you're out in that direction later on in the season, like you're Winnipeg, you're at least in the central time zone. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that trying to force them in here right now with the teams being like this and being as beat up as they are, it's not in the best interest of the fan. It's not in the best interest of the product. I uh, but I think the NHL is trying to do the best they can with it. And again, like it may, from the outside perspective, Taking another week off would have been a good thing, but I think the NHL is looking at this as well saying, hey, look, we already know we're going to be down games. We already know we're going to have to postpone some more as we go through this. At some point, it's going to happen. We need to try to can get as many games in as we can possible that way that two-week pad doesn't draw us too late into May. Yep, but it's, it's going to wind up happening anyway because I'm telling you, by the time January is over, you're going to see a bunch of more of these games you know, rescheduled because so far, I mean, the Flyers have in – they have thirteen games in January. They have thirteen games in January. That's a lot. That's a lot, yeah. and not only the ones that you're going to have to reschedule as well. So you're playing a game every other day, essentially.
0: Yeah. So no, there's going to the league I, is like that too. There's going to be a conversation between player union and the league of what are the possibilities of a limited amount, but a triple header somewhere, like a back to back to back game monday tuesday wednesday like it's it's going to get to that point i think and that is an absolute nightmare i mean you were talking about the ahl squad up in the nhl playing a game or two we might see that because they're going to make stipulations to allow players coming up on emergency services and they've already done that uh for the goaltender if the goaltender shows signs of symptoms so yeah it's not going to be fun that's for sure i mean we're just going to have to plow through it as fans just like the rest of us or just like the league and then Just go from there. So let's talk about see
1: good hockey. That's about it.
0: Yeah. So speaking of good hockey, let's give our grades for the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, (laughs) This will I don't want to go by player by player. We'll we'll name players as we go along here. But I want to go in in certain sex uh, uh, with coaches. Forwards, defensemen, goaltenders, and I. I want to start with coaches and front office. We'll combine those together uh, for obvious reasons. Um, this, I think, I like, on a A to B on an A to F scale. I, I think the coaches is a flat out D to a C at best. You fired your coach.
1: Coaches an F. You fired him. I yeah, but Mike Yo has showed you enough.
0: But Mike Yo has gotten you out of the ten game losing streak and on a five game point streak before the 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 pause to give you some sort of stipulation. So I would probably venture towards a D because he's, he's digging you out of this mess that, that AV left you in. And let's not ignore that. Chuck Fletcher took a huge risk on players that are blowing up in his face right now. Ryan Ellis is like Nolan Patrick. I saw a great tweet. That was the race of the centuries. Nolan Patrick versus Ryan Ellis of who's played in the 2021, 2022 season. Both have only played four games.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. So I, Nolan Patrick, he's, he's definitely a this point. I, I think that with Ryan Ellis, he was never really, he's pretty steady before this injury. I would think, I, I think that this will be a one-off and I think it'll be okay. I don't think we're going to see a Michael Neuver situation happen here where he, you know, right. he play a period and he's back out again. Kevin Hayes had that issue a little bit. I, I, you know, not to, not to ramble on the injuries, but Chuck Fletcher, I'm willing to give this, you're going to think I'm crazy. I'm willing to give him a B plus. Because really yes, because I think he did make the right moves and I think he tried to give this team as much depth as possible going into the midseason. And listen, Keith Yandel You've had to play more than you expected to. You've had to play Nate Sealer more than you expected because Ryan Ellis has been hurt. Rasmus Ristolainen has been a hell of a pickup for this team. I don't care what anybody says. He's and he's already moments. Dis-
0: yeah, and and, th- and I will say Ristolainen, I think I saw he's already in discussion to sign a contract here, uh, an extension Good. here to stay for a couple of years, and I'm fine with that.
1: It's made uh, Travis, Travis Sandheim better. It's made him yeah, better. He's, he's improved yeah. a lot. He's improved a lot. So Broverov, this, yeah you're using them as a, as a, as a guy I, and not to go, I don't want to go hunt defense. Let's stay on Fletcher for a second. I think that if Fletcher can get a good deal done with a good number on wrist and I think with the five mil range where he's at now, let modest increase where he's at. That's really, really solid value for a guy who's going to be an anchor as a four, as a four, as a three, four, I think would be a really, really solid value there. So I, I can't, I can't fault Fletcher for really trying to put pieces in place. Went out and got Cam Atkinson went out and got a guy like Derek Broussard guys who are veterans to really try to get around these troops. And it's not his fault that the coaching didn't work out. I mean, vigno for me was an F. And not just a 10-game losing streak, but just seeing how he was employing his system with his team, it just was not working.
0: Yeah. And i and and I know we're talking about the 2021, 2022 season, but I'm also kind of lumping in what happened in 2021, the shortened season because of COVID. Like you saw you started to see the writings on the wall then. And I, I, we might even said it even earlier than that in the bubble with the playoffs uh in 2020. Like really you start, you started to see the team crack under him and we didn't want to admit it at the time. And it's just, and it really reared its head during that 10 game lo- or eight game losing streak under a V that amassed to 10 games. And it's like, well, we should have seen this coming and we just kind of were blind to the, to the, to the, to the writing on the wall. And Listen, that's just how it goes.
1: I think we talked but, about it in the summer that AV was on thin ice coming in here. And then you finally had to give the ax, but when you come back to a response, To a seven-one loss after having four days off and really trying to get things in pair. That's when you know coaching's not working.
0: But I will say, like, I I, B plus for Chuck Fletcher. I don't like I get what you're saying, but at the same time, you're missing half the battle. Like these players aren't playing the you Ryan Ellis hasn't played like the four games that he's played, he's looked okay. I we don't know enough about him. It's the, the risk that Chuck Fletcher took was admirable. But it's blowing up in his face, so it drops down the because you you law you high risk, high reward. And right now it's it's not rewarding you in this high risk scenario. Yeah, Cam Atkinson is a nice hire, is a nice signing that I won't disagree with you, but like I give Chuck maybe a C minus C plus C flat C at best because you don't know enough. You could amass to a B plus or an A if these players come back, like Ryan Ellis and and, and the and the like, and you see what happened. I think the only consistently okay. good signing that he's had is Martin Jones, because Cam mean, Atkinson's had a had a cold streak. Cam Martin Jones, for and, the most part, and
1: player and players go through that. But I think yeah. the, the change that he made the team overall have been pretty solid. Look, I, I mean, this this is the best analogy I can give you. If you come in and say, you know what, like you hire Vigneau, Vigneau says I can build you a house and like this, but you know, and then. He tries to build a house. He says, do it. He says, oh, you know, what? I, need, I need different tools. Give me the tools. Chuck Fletcher went out and got vigno every single tool that he wanted to build a goddamn house. You know what he built? He built nothing. He built, he built absolutely nothing. He built a freaking shed, not even a yeah. shed when it's falling apart. Yeah. And that's the thing is that Fletcher, a GM is supposed to give the coach the tools to do what's best for that system. They gave him a pass. They ran it back this year with different players. Say, hey, you know what? We're going to say COVID was an issue. We're going to get you some new players in here. Players that are familiar with what you're trying to do here, I would we'll give you every single chance. He gave Vigneault every single chance to turn this around, and he could not get the job done. That's an indictment on Vigneault. That's not on Fletcher. So that's why I'm saying it's B+, because he gave him the tools. And now he's got a guy familiar with Fletcher and what Fletcher expects, and Mike Yo is going to try to make you know, lemonade out of lemons or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, that's exactly what you're at at this point in the season. I and they're way too early to see what Mike Yo is going to do and give him any kind of grade. But yo, an absolute F for me because just you cannot, after the opportunity you're given, terrible. But Fletcher did put the tools in place and see if Mike Yo can get the most out of it. I think you should start talking about the defense now.
0: Yeah. I well, before the defense, I want to do the the, probably what we rate as the highest thing and Uh, the, the most surprising. The goalies. The I goal mean, Carter Hard has completely revamped his career after a slump, a, a clunker of a 2021 season. Uh, Martin Jones has, again, completely proven me wrong. A suitable backup that will be a starter for a team next year, probably, probably. the way he's playing uh, this year. And then you have to find another backup. But that's the NHL today. And that's Martin Jones, why he came here, because he wanted to prove himself. So I think the goalies have been an A this year, despite the 10 game losing streak. I think Anyone that has watched this team, they know it wasn't on the goalies 100. percent It was on them for some parts, but for the most part, the, these have been two of the some one of the best tandems, ironically, in, in hockey in the NHL this year.
1: I think Carter's one of the Carter, Carter's worst game is probably against the Lightning this year, in that in that in that game. And here's where I'm at with Carter at this point in the season. Carter's doing exactly what you need to do: rebound. Okay, he mm-hmm. just, just rebounded. Last season was a down year. He's rebounded so far this year. He's going through his career. He's progressing. He's, beginning. he's getting better. You can't expect him to win every game for you. You need to help him out. Jones, Martin Jones has been very, very good. Again, sometimes he gives up questionable goals. I mentioned that he would at some point. You're like, man, that, he didn't even like. That looked like it was pretty weak. But that's the type of style he plays. Makes a lot of really solid saves. He's been a really good when he's played. He's played very, very well, I thought, overall the season. His stats aren't quite there. I mean, his goals against average, believe it or not, is over three at this point. It's 3.33. And I'm the same not sure percentage it, yeah. is yeah, it's 0.907, which is below, like roughly right around a little low, below league average. But I think overall, he's kept the Flyers in games. And when you're looking at goaltending, especially in a season like this, and with, with, with the way everything is going so far, it's not about how many goals a goalie's giving up in a game. In the 80s, believe me, he would be an all star with a 3.33 goals against average. You're looking at it, he's he giving a chance team a chance to win. And every game of Martin Jones has started, I thought he's given his team a chance to win. And, and that's exactly what you need. Cardhart's done the same thing. Yes, Carter Hart lost some games. Yes, has he not played well in the in the shootouts? Yes, but he's given his team every single chance to win. That's exactly what you need from your goaltending at this point. I give the goaltending a B plus. They could be better, they're not perfect, but they have really, really helped this team keep it in the right direction and keep them at least competitive in games. When they were going through that 10-game losing streak.
0: Would you try and extend Martin Jones for another year if he's willing to hear it today?
1: I don't think you're ready to make that move yet. I really mm-hmm. don't, because you have Felix Samstrom in the wings, and you like I'm 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 always a big believer, and I think you need a veteran netminder around a young goaltender for quite a long time. You've had Brian Elliott with him the past three, two and a half, three years. And now you have Martin Jones here with a year for him. I think another year under with a guy like Jones, a different perspective would be really good, especially since they have familiarity. He's got more familiarity with Kim Dillabaugh, his goalie coach, and how he helped Martin Jones really take off in his career. But at the same time, you you have to kind of let Carter Hart have the reins and say, you're the guy. And by doing that, you had another goaltender that can push him a little more. So that's going to be a question for the offseason us see how Martin Jones plays. You got to see what teams are really going to need goaltending. Who are really a goaltender away? Um, That that's going to be that's going to really going to be the question at that point. So we we shall see. We shall see. I I don't think I don't think we're ready for that yet. I think that's low on the priority list. Consider all things considered.
0: Yeah, I agree. And let's turn to the defense. I mean, this has been the most hot and cold defense. I mean, it's been kind of a running theme, especially the last two seasons. Not just the the short season, but the bubble season uh, and beyond. This team's defense has been inconsistent for a lack of a better word i think that's the way i would describe it so i also I, I I, Provorov has not been the guy that i thought we were and again it's because he's paired with the guy that he's not he's not an exact fit with ryan ellis is supposed to be the the number two guy with Provorov to make to bolster him up a little bit and when ryan ellis was out there you saw that a little bit you start to saw you start you start to you started to see them started to mesh and that unfortunately he was harmed with injury. And now he's out for whatever, however long now, because of COVID I I, I'm like a D plus C minus on the defense. Like I, I can't get a feel for this team, especially because it's unfair to him. And I'm, I I hate to like, we, we've brought him up several times. Nate Sealer's just not a sixth defender. Like that's just what it comes down to. And he just has too much ice time. It's a, it's a, it's a, pr- it's a grading based on injury and what is presented on us, so it's unfair, but I give him a D-plus, C-minus at best.
1: You're a harsh grader, man. Believe me, I wouldn't <laughs> want you to be my teacher at school, man. Uh, I'm willing to give this defense a B-minus so far because all things considered. Wow, we're way
0: off on each other. Oh, yeah, we are.
1: I, I'm willing to give him a B-minus because, it, again, you're asking Pro ProVal to do exactly what he did last season Lose his partner and expect to pick up the slack. He's not that type of player yet. Someday he maybe will be. Nick Lidstrom didn't become a premier player until he was 30. Like sometimes that happens. Mark Streit didn't even really make the NHL until he was close to 30. And he was a pretty solid defensive for Montreal before he came here. Yeah. I, sometimes dies die. Look. Like, I think the expectations for some fans are just way overblown. You expect these guys to be all stars right out the bat, and that's not how the game works. It's not. No, that's true.
0: Ones. No, I 100% agree with that because I mean, look at the, look at the Jalen Hurts thing. It's a Bingo, that's
1: the analogy I was going to make.
0: Yeah, like Jalen Hurts is expected to be now he's a Pro Bowl or t- alternative or alternate, whatever you they want to call it. But I mean, it, it, he's still learning he's 20 games into his career i mean it's crazy that we're expecting him to be a, a i mean an all pro is more muster than than a pro bowl so we, you know he, he's not going to be an all pro or an all pro this year i i would imagine so yeah i, I think you're 100 percent right i think we do have a lot of expectations on a guy but i think when it's
1: unrealistic, it's unrealistic for the guy at this i don't know point if it's
0: unrealistic but i think it's just high expectations too soon if that makes sense like like it, okay. can, they All can right. develop to the expectations but we expect those expectations at 25 and, and to your point when we expect to see them at 31 32 or a little, maybe a little bit earlier like we're carter hart's age. another great example like carter hart came in in december of 2018 and he lit the world on fire and we were like holy crap this is the guy and then 1920 was again Shot out of a cannon and turned on it, spun on his head night in and night out. Bubble hit. He started to leak a little bit of oil in the bubble uh, after the round robin in the first. And even during the Montreal series, when you won, like you started to see the oil leak a little bit. And then obviously 2021, the shortened season, it was a total dumpster fire. So uh, and everyone was ready to abandon ship. We had conversations on this podcast of, of telling everyone calm the F down with Carter. And, it, and it, it's still paying dividends. So I agree with you there. You're 100% right that we do have high expectations, but I think those high expectations are sooner than they should be for players developing in Philadelphia.
1: I just think they're unrealistic at this point. You're asking a guy who hasn't had a stable partner in almost two seasons, two full seasons to really be the guy. And he finally started to get chemistry with a guy, and then he retires unexpectedly. So listen. You're, you're, it, it's not easy to get defensemen like Ryan Ellis. It's not easy to get defensemen like Matt Niskanen. And when you're trying to put your guys, you're trying to groom as a top guy to be the top guy when nobody can play on his side and he's got to do double the work, basically, essentially, you know, it, it makes it, it doesn't help the staff. That's for sure. Especially when you have a guy like Justin Braun with no disrespect to Justin Braun has been very good this year. Justin Martin's been very, very good for this team as a solid stay at home defenseman. But you can't push the play up ice if with a guy like Justin Braun, because he's not your first, he's not the guy you want your, who's going to get your first pass out of the zone. Ryan yep. Ellis was your guy for that, which is going to help jump jumpstart him so he could jump into the play more and be more of that offensive threat. But you don't have that ability right now because he's got to be the guy doing that. So you can't jumpstart the play by passing to yourself. So that's what I don't think people see is that it does have a trickle down effect. The most solid pairing this season has been Travis Sandheim and Rasmus Christel and yeah. I think that that pairing has been pretty well because you're seeing the effect of that. You're seeing if a guy or Rasmus Ristelainen can make some decent passes, he can make some decent plays, and allow St. Heim to not have to worry about his own end so much to be able to jump into the play more. There's more ability there. So And then on your back end, that's why I give him, give him a B because you're not expecting Nate Seal to play as many games as he has. You're not expecting... Keith Yandel to be a guy on the ice all the time, really worrying about the defensive side of the puck, really his is is supposed to be offensive. So it's supposed to be Braun and Yandel together and have them work together because you have a guy who stays at home so Yandle can jump into the play. It, it, it all, it's all give and take here. So yeah. without Ryan right. Ellis, it creates such an imbalance that that's where it's at. All be right, you, B plus, convi- B minus.
0: You convince me. I will bump up my grade. I'll give them a C plus. I'll, nice. I'll uh, And it's only because I've realized how what I'm grading our forwards, our next our next segment here uh, on what they've done. I mean, again, injuries have been decimating this team. COVID is now decimating. You're, you have no idea when Sean Couturier is coming back. I think he's had a weak season overall. Maybe I'm missing something that you'll tell me. But Sean Couturier, I feel like has like he, he he's still getting acclimated to that big paycheck that he got. So he's trying to get used to everything, maybe a new system. Uh, the 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 bad system under AV, and now you're learning another one with Mike Yo. Um, but these guys, I think these are the C or C minus. Like Correct. these guys, I think
1: this forwards are C minus. So They're not not nearly enough production. When okay, and again, we're not going well, to yeah, and especially right
0: now. during the because it was before even the 10 game win streak or losing streak, they didn't cross three goals more than I think twice during that whole right.
1: Thing. And, and part of that is systematic. Yeah, part of it too. I think this is the bigger issue. Once again, Claude Giroux is your top point scorer. Once again, Cam yeah. Atkinson is near the top hit. You know, your guys, you're expecting your younger guys to come through, which you really didn't have last season, still haven't broken that mold. Yes, Faraby got hurt a little bit, but he's got 11 points in 22 games. For a guy who just signed a contract, even though he's plus eight, that's not enough. Like. Yeah. John is a minus six. I don't expect that from a Selkie guy, a guy who won the Selkie just a season, a season and a half ago, or two seasons ago, excuse me. Um, Cam Atkinson is, is your leading, is your leading plus, minus, and plus 12 because he's playing in all three zones of the game and also has 20 points. Overall, he's been your best player, but even more so than Claude because Claude, yes, he has the most points, but he's also a minus six. It tells me that Couturier, you know, Giroux thing isn't quite working as well as it used to for whatever reason. But I the issue I have with the forwards is that, once again, you got a guy who's in a contract year, your top point scorer, just puts his team in a very precarious position about what they're going to do with their future. Because, yeah. really, you have to look at this as a whole and say, legit, now it's not because Claude's 34 years old. It's because he's 34 years old and he's the best, in your best player. What's the future happening here? So the forwards have a lot of work to do because it really if, – if you lose Cla- – you just lost Jake, okay, you're making that up with with um with Cam Atkinson believe it or not you you are because he's got yeah. 20 no, points no you 100% are. we we and talked
0: about yeah we talked about where those 68 points or whatever he he was at are are going to come from they seem to be coming from from Cam Atkinson that's and that's the good yeah, thing
1: and that, and that's part of it and he's a plus 12 which is better getting the puck out of your own and you know, Jake was yeah. always historically a minus player so but here's here's where my here are the guys concerning to me when when I see that Justin Braun, Travis Sanheim, and Rasmus Sister Linen have more points than Oscar Lindblom and Kevin Hayes. That has me really concerned. Yeah. So listen, Kevin Hayes, yes, he's no, he's had, he's at, he's six points of eleven games than he's played. That's fine, uh, but still, that's, that's he needs to do more as a second as a second top center. If he's healthy, he's got He's got to play better. Oscar Lindblom has played twenty eight games this year. He's got six points for a guy. That was expected, who was their leading point scorer two seasons ago, up until everything happened. You need to get that offense back. Now, listen, he might still be working at things, and I'm not attacking the guy. Trust me, this is it's not, it's not that. It's just more or less that, listen, you're at the NHL level and you can show you've done it before. You got to get going. He's, he's, he's a guy who's got to get going because he's got to make up points somehow. Travis Connect, is another guy where he's got 17 points, 29 games, but when is he going to break open? I just feel like he's like a, a wrestler who just can't get over, if you know that term. So, like, he's just like a, a good wrestler that people like, but he just can't get over. For whatever reason, Travis Konechny has not taken that step to the next level, to being a premier NHL player, which he has the ability to be. For whatever reason, I just I haven't seen it. In JVR, he woke up the past couple of games, hopefully has waken up, where you just put him in front of the net, let him get dirty goals. He's historically been a slow starter. But with eleven points in twenty two games, it's still not. I'm sorry. Uh, with eleven points in twenty nine games, it's not clearly enough for JVR, who's got to do more after what happened last season. So, I mean, when 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 Derek Brassard has one point less than Kevin Hayes and Oscar Lindblom combined, that's concerning to me. So <laughs> the forwards have got it. have got to get going here. They've Mike has got to figure out something with this forward core to get them going. Systematic changes, everything. They got to get going.
0: Here's the good news, and this is where I will. It, it's a sad stat, but it's a good stat. You you talked about Oscar Lindblom, uh specifically, and you're right. I mean, six points in 26 games or whatever, 23 20, games, 28 eight, games, 28 games is terrible. He's had four of those points since the firing. So Mike There's- Yo might have tapped into something. Maybe again, it was a systematic as soon as they won against the Devils. Uh, and then he had two point. He had two points against the Devils, and he had two points against Ottawa. So that's four out of your six points right there. For if you're Oscar Lindblom, that's a good sign that you got going. You're getting going. Sadly, now Same you're with dealing JBR with a pause. And yeah. save JVR yeah, exactly. Sadly, you're dealing with a pause, and that could be the issue, or that could t- cause you to reset and figure it out again.
1: I'll make one more point about the Fords. It's it's the fact that they've just been for over a year now, over a calendar year, they've been really, really inconsistent. They've yeah. just not done enough of what they needed to do. You've changed your defense to help push the pace up ice. It has not worked out so far. It needs to continue. The, what are they, they need to get more support systematically by having them swing lower, quicker passes to the neutral zone, more of a – they try to cycle, play more north, south than east, west, play that style of hockey. Dirty goals still count on the same as on the scoreboard as fancy goals. I've said that a million times. This team has to figure out a way to really get going. And I think one of the big issues of this team, we won't talk about now, but we will talk about down the line, there might just not be enough skill in this team to really have this yeah. forward core. No, no, go that, to the actually, next level.
0: that actually leads into the preview ahead. Like, what do we expect out of this team? Going forward, we're like called. It's not the the year, the halfway point review. It's like a third in. We're a little bit over thirty three percent of the season into this thing, and like it's a weird, precarious situation with what we expect from the Flyers. They're in a system reset. That one of the good thing is things is because of that extra delay in games returning, but you had practice a couple days ago and today and tomorrow. Well, I guess tomorrow is probably the travel day so you're not going to practice tomorrow but you have a morning skate uh, in Seattle on Wednesday like you're at least learning the new system a little bit more like you're i'm sure the coaches were in contact with players in some capacity you couldn't practice obviously so i think this it could be a scenario where the flyers can take advantage of a situation that's supposed to be bad for everyone to get acclimated to a new system mike yo can be talking with the leaders of the, in the in the in the locker room Claude Drew, Sean Couturier, Carter Hart is up there uh, and just go. This is how we're going to do it. We're at a 500 level hockey team. We're we're right at five, 500. We're at 500 percent of our converted points and we're right in the thick of it. Like as, as crazy as that sounds, you're like the Eagles at two and five. That's exactly how they should be looking at this, saying the Eagles were two and five and they're one win away. A couple other scenarios from making the playoffs. Why not us? Like that's how. Like that. That's where I think this is going to go.
1: And in just two seasons ago, the, I'm sorry, yeah, two, two almost three years ago, the team that Mike Yo got fired from after he was replaced went on to win the Stanley Cup. So, yeah. like, stranger things have happened. So, my prediction for this team, I said it before the beginning of the season. I am not straying from that. I expect this team to get to the Eastern Conference Final at minimum. Wow, like I, 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 love... I'm not changing my prediction. I told yeah. you that when I first, when they, when that 10 game win sh- losing streak went on. I, no, I expect this team to get their shit together. I expect this team to get off their asses and make a run to the Eastern Conference final because you I... know why? Because I'm not wrong. Because I'm not wrong. I, 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 <laughs> I have a reputation uphold. No, no, no. You know what it is? It's just that I honestly believe that there's enough talent team to, to do it if all things yes. work out and they stay healthy. There is I enough agree. talent here. They have, the, if they get the what? right. Coaching mix by Mike Yo. This team has the ability to get to a conference final.
0: I th- I want to believe it, but I only think it happens if Ryan Ellis is healthy, consistently healthy for the rest of the season, correct, and gets back in a timely manner. He correct. doesn't get back in. March and it just you just have a month learning his system. He needs to be back by January, mid-January well, at the latest.
1: He was slated and for early January. He was sl- before before he went on the COVID list. he, right. he went. He was slated and again, for early January. Th-
0: being on the COVID list is a bad thing, but it's not a detriment detrimental thing. He could be back. Like look at Nick Sirianni. If you're an Eagles, uh, uh, we're assuming you're an Eagles fan. If you're listening to this Flyers podcast, if you're watching Nick Sirianni, he tested positive and he was back in time to coach on the sidelines on Sunday mm-hmm. just a couple of days ago. So that's a good sign. And, and thankfully the CDC has decided to drop the d- recommended days of quarantine for a fully vaccinated asymptomatic or symptomatic person. So it's like okay, there's something here that we can work with. It's not the end of the world. It sucks, you're probably going to miss a game or two, especially because of how the NF- NHL works compared to the NFL. But you're not going to miss all 82 games. You're not going to Correct. miss 15 games. You're not Correct. going to miss 30 games. Yeah. You're missing one or two games at tops, hopefully, and then you're back. So if Ryan Ellis is healthy and off the COVID list, he's got to get back in that lineup as soon as possible. Learn yeah. system, Get chemistry and gel with, uh, I almost said Ryan, uh, Ivan Provrov, and then just go from there because I think he's the catalyst. As, as, as unfair as that may sound, you obviously we talked about the forwards having to get going but it all starts from the in, we talk about in and out, in and out all, all this way. If it starts, at, if the goalies are already set. We know what the goalies are. You can convince me, and I change my grade from a D to a C or a, a C minus to a C plus for the defense. You can you can get better. They will get better if Ryan Ellis is back in the lineup, and Ready that causes right a out fo- of the zone. Yeah, and that causes rushes. That cause causes uh, a, a, a control in your offensive zone. The, and the forwards all of a sudden look a hell of a lot better than they have. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't know Eastern Conference, but I think they can get the semifinals again. I think they can get the, the Eastern Conference semis depending on the matchup, I can pl- talk myself into the Eastern Conference finals. I just think in this current state status of this team, Eastern Conference is too ambitious, but I respect uh, it because listen, I listen. think if you're right, you're you look great. It's December 27th <laughs> when we're recording this. You look incredible if they are if we're talking uh, in listen, early uh, May or late May that they're in the Eastern Conference finals.
1: If it comes by March and they're out of the playoff race, then I was wrong. Okay. And I will not make excuses by the name, but again, on paper, this team should make the Eastern Conference Finals. And again, you need luck for that too. You need luck. You need, yes, it's you need all about the all right luck. teams a, get eliminated. You can't. Yep. You can't play a team like Tampa in the first round. You'll never make it through. You, you, you need one of those for them to get the Eastern Conference Final. They need to get in and have an easy first round. Like, as, yeah. crazy as we've talked about in the past, they'd have to get a team who's who's in but not playing well and just kind of run over them. And they, yeah, they've had what, that before, that, and that's what you need.
0: That was, that's what makes the NHL playoffs so special. You just need to get in and then just go Anything about your happen. day. Yep. Anything can happen at that point. So that's, yep. gonna, that's really what it's going to come down to. What is yep. your prediction for the NHL season for the rest of the Flyers? For the Flyers, the rest of the NHL season, I should say. Let, let us know. Orangebackcheck at gmail.com. Let us hear your predictions. We'll read them on the air. Uh, on the podcast for uh, to join us. Do you agree with Scott? Do you agree with me? Or do you have something completely? Are you just going to go totally balls to the wall and say, hey, we're going to make the Eastern, or the Stanley Cup final. Just go nuts. I don't care. Or if they're going to be eliminated by February. Let us know. Orange and back check, Backcheck at com. You can tweet at us at O Backcheck on Twitter. Orange and Backcheck on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All that good stuff. We're going to talk to you next week. Thanks for go, listening.
1: Go Eagles. Oh, I mean, go Flyers.